Blog Talk Radio. Wonderful guests have shared 
their research and their explorations and how we've had such genuine conversations on this show. And we do have more coming up. Next week promises to be a really interesting week on the frontier beyond fear. And usually I talk about this at the end of the show, but maybe now since um, we have the opportunity today just because of the way the schedule worked out um, and um, what we might look at is what's going on next week. Um, Nee Walsh will be here next Tuesday to to talk about her book, Dear Human. And that is a very honest, authentic book. And in fact, today I hope to reflect a little bit on authenticity in anticipation of that show. Um, Deborah Silverman will be on Thursday, May 5th, and both of those shows are going to be at noon Pacific. Deborah Silverman is a really inspiring individual and is actually the astrologer to Sting and has, um, in fact, her book has been praised by Sting, her new book that's out, and she's going to have a lot to share. Also coming up, um, we have shows with Christine Alexandria, where she has a beautiful book on affirmations that she's put out recently. And then Cindy Bennett is coming on with Lisa Kay, co-authors of a wonderful book on spiritual businesses. And Cindy has been on recently, and I guess it's been a couple months, and I'm really looking forward to having her on as well. Um, And then this time we get Lisa, her co-author, at the same time. So that'll be quite an amazing conversation. Um, We today, let's, let's take a moment. I have to say that this past week for me, and one can say that our lives in general, Um, has been an exercise in becoming more authentic. And I believe this is a process for all of us, especially in the spiritual community. Some for me, over and over and over again, is that sometimes it can feel that um, traditional religions, which can have, you know, a diversity of beliefs are sometimes viewed as more acceptable than some of the beliefs that so-called New Agers have, whereas one form of belief is associated with a religion, the other is often considered, oh, you know, that's just out there, fringe, or whatever, And, and we hear this a lot, and I think so many New Agers feel comfortable, and I'm using that term very loosely, New Ager, um, expressing their beliefs within their lives. I think within the fabric of society, more and more, we need to surface that what we believe, though it is not associated with a traditional religion, even though what we believe is reflected in many religions, deserves just as much honoring and respect as an independent spiritual belief as anything else. And I talk about things like synchronicities, um, experiencing a synchronistic lifestyle, which really is part of the New Age path to become more and more conscious 
of those meaningful coincidences in your life. Sometimes people will say, oh, you know, that's just a coincidence and belittle that. And I feel like what they say truthfully doesn't impact us. But at the same time, we have a right to assert our authenticity within society, a right to be respected. And so this is something that I encounter more and more. And in my own life, it's as if, and many of us, I'm sure, have experienced this. Sometimes, and I'll be honest about this, I can be hesitant to explain what it is that I believe. First of all, many belief systems are fairly complicated. If you have a doctrine that can be difficult to explain to someone if you're attempting to do it for the first time. The so-called New Age doesn't have a doctrine per se. However, it's not always that easy to explain just what things like multidimensionality mean and why that's important to me as not just a belief system, but as an observational experience of the world. And so I feel that more and more we just have to not be afraid. And I will tell you, in the past week, I had an experience where a lot of times in my regular day-to-day life, I don't just go and announce, oh, you know, I've got this radio program about these spiritual things that can really be very, very adventurous explorations. No question about it. What we do on this show, these are what some would call adventurous explorations. But are they is the question that I found myself asking myself this week. Because is it any more, quote, adventurous than some of the other things that people explore under the auspices of a conventional religion? And to say no. In fact, if anything, a lot of the things that we tend to be exploring in the so-called New Age community is compatible with science, like quantum physics. More and more, quantum physics is revealing many things. More and more, when we hear mainstream scientists speculating about the possibility of there being multiple universes, for example, that is an, that is in perfect alignment with what we are exploring. And this can get pretty intricate, like the notion of timelines, something I still entertain and don't know what I think about. Do we live on multiple timelines? Or is it possible that every possibility exists um, where um, scientists have explored this? This can also be a spiritual path to consider whether multiple timelines exist multidimensionally where every possibility of factors, everything, anything can happen, essentially. How do I feel about that? Well, I tend to believe on a spiritual level that we are always guided and, and sheltered by love. The notion, and so this is where maybe my belief system deviates a little bit from strict scientific observation. 
I don't believe we live in a loveless multiverse. And so I would tend to see such theories as rather cold, um, somewhat akin to the Force in Star Wars, where, um, you know, a lot of traditional, so am I even a traditional New Ager? Probably not, although many New Agers would may not be traditional either because they believe in love. But sometimes we give um, the neutrality of the mind or the neutrality of what can happen too much power, in my opinion. There is no neutrality. There is no neutral force that we manipulate for good or not for good because that would be loveless. And to me, love holds Trump. So love is always going to influence us in a positive direction. Anything that happens to us is ultimately always going to resolve to some loving outcome. Even if it seems really dark at the time, we are always headed towards love. And so I'm explaining something somewhat esoteric about what I personally believe. And it may even be at odds with what a number of of other people who would claim to have my similar belief system, which has no label, which has no religion, which has no church, believe. But I, I cannot more powerfully convey for anyone who, for example, is worried about the power of worry, that itself, because that can really lead to some, not so much the most negative of outcomes, because we're often taught that, you know, if you worry, it's going to happen. A lot of times it doesn't happen. The thing that you worry about, if you think about it enough, you realize it's not actually happening, but you spend time worrying that it may happen. And to me, that is an unhealthy diversion of what I would call co-creation with love. If God is love, which many of us would hold as a fundamental tenet. Now, some people will say not. I have actually had people tell me within this broad belief system that they don't believe God is love, that God is a neutral energy field. That's different. That is not what I believe. That, to me, is somewhat more rationalistic and a scientific interpretation of the world. It's a rationalistic view of the law of attraction for example, which carries a coldness with it that to me is not consistent with an unconditionally loving God that is always going to draw us to what we are. Because if God is omnipresent, if our creator, spirit, the multiverse, a lot of people call it the universe, but there's a lot of evidence that there is a multiverse. If this actually exists, and I believe many of us have seen evidence that obviously there is something here in the fabric of reality that is miraculous. There are things that many of us have documented, many of us have observed that are simply miraculous. And there is no explanation 
statistically they can seem impossible. And, you know, I often, people will often say, okay, fine, prove it. Well, you know, there probably are some things that you can show. I'm sure that if I took the time to show some of the things that I have observed about reincarnation, for example, some of the evidence that I have observed, some of the statistically impossible things, that would come across as evidence of something spiritual, although one could interpret it in different ways. It would certainly come across as evidence of some sort of design, some sort of a fabric linking circles of people across time together. Um, And I'm not the only person who has studied this. But in general, if you want to prove that the miraculous exists, the best thing to say to anyone who asks that is just, why don't you just ask? It is a personal experience that is never going to be satisfactory to some people if they aren't open to seeing a greater reality. But if you truly are open to seeing a greater reality, if you truly want to know and you open yourself up to seeing, you will see. That's what I believe. You simply have to ask. And once you see it, a lot of times these things come to you in such amazing, impossible, and they can come to groups of people. They can come to more than one person at once. I've had that happen more than once. I've had that happen with people who didn't even completely know what the heck was going on and then questioned it, like, how could that be, that that coincidence? Um, It can come in many ways, and yet you can see that something's going on. Same with healings. I know somebody who had a recovery from cancer in my own family, and this was within the evangelical tradition, um, what made my own family, or at least a part of it, very spiritual in an evangelical way. One part of my family, one side, was a healing of a small child from polio. That was observed. It was impossible. And I didn't even know that was part of the family history until fairly recently. Um, But it is not unusual for spiritual experience to unfold from real-life observation. I had an example just, in fact, I'll give you one. I had someone that I cared about who was experiencing a health situation that could have been a really serious one. And while that was being explored, this thing unfolded for a long time. But in one chapter of this, I was sitting in a waiting room. I heard, and there were maybe some really challenging things that could have come up at that time. And when you wish upon a star, played on the intercom. Okay, that could just be a coincidence. But right at that point, we were called in and we found out that this thing that we were concerned about, although it unfolded in different ways, but the really scary thing that might have been very, very dire was gone, wasn't there. So how do you explain that? I've had a personal experience of that myself many, many years ago. I would never even be doing this radio show if not for many years ago. I had a rather frightening medical test, and the follow-up showed it was gone. 
and they kept looking, and it was gone. This happens a lot. It happens more than we realize. I wasn't even particularly spiritual at that time, but it helped to wake me up. It helped to wake me up. I wouldn't be here doing this show. And truthfully, that whole experience really just reminded me of my own mortality, which is not unusual. That is often the way that we come awake. Because, you know, most of us spend our lives just going about normal, everyday things. We're very occupied with our jobs, with our families, and a lot of people really don't think about spirituality a lot until you come, you know, face-to-face with a crisis of some sort that wakes you up. And I wouldn't be here at all if not for that. Now, in my case, um, that eventually led to me asking to be shown the way. I asked, show me the way, because I was spiritually conflicted. Many of us have had upbringings where we've been taught many things. I had a real challenge with some of the beliefs about hell that were conveyed to me as a child. It was not consistent to me with the unconditional love of God, which I felt had to be true. In fact, someone recently called my attention to a blog by Bart Ehrman, In fact, I would love to get him on this show. In fact, I may pursue Bart um, because he was reflecting about hell and how the reason why he could never believe in hell, and Bart is actually an agnostic now. That's often the case when you leave a certain belief system, and he had to really be brave to come out in his own authenticity because he had been a Bible college student. He was very diligent And yet, the more he studied, the more he realized what he was seeing was not consistent. And what he had to say about hell is, it's just so far afield from any conceivable concept of a truly loving or good God, that how could you possibly believe that? And he, you know, he, he talked about how, Um, especially those who believe in the torturous hell. I mean, that would be worse trillions of times. I believe he used the trillion word, trillions of times worse, because we're talking about eternity, than the worst Nazi ever to be on the earth, or, you know, the worst person you could ever think of that was on this earth, and that would be the creator of hell. And of course that's inconsistent. And yet, it's really kind of mystifying how we can embrace these beliefs. And for me, that was impossible. And I really do believe that many people, um, they, they will do, they entertain these beliefs, they dance around these beliefs, but they never really think about what they mean completely. And if they did, I mean, you'd want nothing to do with any sort of being that would create something like that. And there are different ways of looking at it. Lately, I've been talking to the Mormon missionaries, and I've been really appreciating listening to some of what they have to say. And they soften the belief of hell in their belief system. In their view, people choose. It's not as bad. And people get to choose whether to be with God or not. And, you know, they have a certain way that they see God. 
And although evangelicals will sometimes say that's what they believe too, unfortunately, if hell is anything that's punishment or torture or horrible or torment, that's not consistent with love. And I don't fully know the Mormon belief system enough to know exactly what what they view hell as. They have, like, um, levels of reality. And I don't claim to be a total expert by any means. But I think that many people have reflected upon or even had visions and revelations that have been more of the unconditional love of a loving God which is much more consistent with what we just know in our hearts to be true, what we know in our conscience to be true. And that's what it comes down to. And so when I talk about authenticity, I think what is often so difficult is I know there are many people nowadays, especially in the United States, I mean, I think fully 25% I've seen of people in the United States claim to have these very conservative beliefs and, you know, to be afraid of Satan and demons and, and hell and have that all within their belief system and certainly within my own family. There are, you know, I came from an evangelical family. I love everybody who believes this way. I love them with all of my heart. And it breaks my heart, truthfully, that anyone would have to believe that because I hold God to a higher ideal, which is really it. I hold our creator to the highest ideal. I am not willing to compromise on the love of God. And that is the expression of my true authenticity. I am not willing to compromise on the true love of God because I have felt it, because it is consistent with my conscience, because it makes sense that unless we live in a very dark reality where there is no true God, there is no, um, you know, any kind of a creator that that you would choose to have anything to do with, at least. And there you go with the choice. I mean, but in those cases, you'd always look for the real God. Because deep in your heart, you know, you know that love is the basis of everything. And I believe we, many of us share in this. We feel this love. It just expresses in different ways. And my right as an authentic human being here is to be able to express, hey, I'm standing up for the love of God. That's what I'm doing. You know, when we were children, we used to say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, I'm letting my light shine because I know what it feels like to be in anguish over the nature of God. Bart Ehrman, who I really would like to have on this show, has experienced that anguish firsthand. Many atheists and agnostics have because, truthfully, it is a kind of anguish when you have to ponder that not only... um, 
do you have to be in fear of some unloving God, like some kind of an arbitrary Roman emperor? I mean, that's really what it's like. It's like having to please some kind of arbitrary Roman emperor because there is just no sense to it. There is no justice to it. It is unloving, and I'm not afraid to say it. So am I taking away someone else's right to be authentic? Well, I'm simply expressing that I feel empathy for what it's like to have that kind of belief because it certainly didn't work for me. And within my own belief system, I also feel that we can go too far down that road of saying everything is impersonal. Everything is impersonal. This becomes a rationalistic approach to spirituality. It becomes cold. It becomes loveless. When we start to say, you are at the mercy of your worst worries, And it also is inconsistent with observational evidence because all of us know that hypochondriacs don't actually get the thing that they worry about. Otherwise, there would be no such thing as a hypochondriac. In fact, generally, they worry about stuff and it's just fine. And I'm happy to raise my hand and say in my life, I've worried about any number of things, especially when I was younger. I used to worry about different things. Um, physically and stuff, and I obsessed about certain things, and you know what? None of them ever happened. In fact, often I succeeded and had wonderful things happen despite myself. Now, could I have been more effective if I hadn't worried as much as I did? Oh, definitely. My life would have been even better. But did I suffer? Was I at the mercy of this? No, of course not. What would happen to OCD people? I mean, they wouldn't, and I'm sure I had some aspects of that too, especially when I was younger. I think many of us do. I'm not quite sure we understand all these things. We so quickly label things in our society, what these things that are really just human behavior, and that's another problem that we have, is that we are far too quick to allow non-spiritual definitions to take control in our society and It's a human right, folks, to be spiritual, and nobody can take that away from you. And it's a human right to be human. It's like you go through a period where you're down. You don't need a pill. Go walk out in nature for a while. You know, truthfully, we need to be careful about all of this in our society. I mean, we we are so quickly... um, We don't even know how much the greed factor is figuring into so many things in our society. And truthfully, what ails us is a distance from being a spiritual being, a distance from the simplest of things. If I'm feeling down, I've had any number of challenges, and especially lately, if I go and walk in nature, I feel within a few minutes I am breathing I am just totally turned around, and I really think we need to study some of the things, some of the messaging that's been telling us 
that you can do nothing about this. I'm not saying that you can't ever have a more severe difficulty, but I'm saying that it is far less rampant than we are told. I'm saying that we are getting to the point where simply being a human being is considered unacceptable and something you need to treat, and that is simply not true. And so I and spirituality can help a great deal, and many people find it through different paths. People find it through all the paths, which is the beauty of it. However, there can be dark things. And on my own path, I really feel that we give the neutrality of some kind of fundamentalist law, and yep, it is fundamentalist when you have a fundamental law that is true, um, independent of love. Um, If we give that too much power, and when our own observation is that it really hasn't been the case, um, if we really look at it, we'll see so many cases where some kind of grace was in play, where, you know, you feared certain things. I come from a long line of warriors. I mean, there were other warriors in in, in my family tree, um, and none of the, the bad things happened that they worried about either. So, you know, let's get over it, I mean, I guess is what I want to say. Let's start looking at what's really happening. Yes, there are some interesting things coming out of quantum physics, too. I will say that, and maybe I'm even con- contradicting myself a little I don't I don't need to have evidence of something that is independent of love. I feel that love influences us most of all. And I think sometimes we do get a little bit too much on the bandwagon of trying to find a rationalistic and what I mean by that is materialistic, rationalistic, purely quote scientific although science doesn't need to be independent of spirituality, but let's just think of it that way, Um, justification. Whereas, how do you explain love? How How do you define love in a scientific way? And do you need to? In a few weeks, I, it's, quite likely, although I haven't totally made a decision yet whether to do this, but I may be speaking at this local UFO festival. Oh my, that's fringe, right? That's fringe. You know what? It's not, not at all. We need to be thinking, and many mainstream people are thinking about the stars and what we're observing about the planets. And what we're observing about consciousness. You know, when I've participated in that kind of an event, and when I talk about that, what do I talk about? I talk about it at a spiritual level. I think about, what about these evolved races that must surely be out there? The ones who have really developed to the point where they have a greater experience of the omnipresence of God, because many of us in our own experience have observed how our consciousness can expand. Is this a form of our belief system? One could say that. Do we have a right to authentically say, this is not only beautiful and um reasonable and, quote, non-fringe way of believing. 
it's it is incredibly consistent with what we're observing now in the stars. You know, humanity has often thought about things in very earth-based ways, and I feel that we are expanding now. Now, I don't really get into, if anyone heard my show with Stephen Bassett, that's a really good show, by the way. Anyone who's curious about this topic, he and I had a great show where he focuses very much on the nuts and bolts evidence of different things. You know, I don't really get into that, truthfully. That's not my area. I don't need to get into that. And we talked about that. My focus is more on a spiritual level in that I would have to believe, given you know just how old even our own universe is, and now you know there's evidence of multiple universes, more and more, and it makes sense that there could be multiple universes. And for me, it's all about consciousness and about you know my my own expansion of awareness of such things. But bringing this back to authenticity. It is so incredibly important. In many ways, it's even a human right to be able to say these beliefs are just as consistent in many ways, even though in some ways they're not written down in any any way. They they feed our souls. They help us with our human path, any number of so-called established religions. And I guess I'm just reacting a little bit because I'm I'm kind of weary of 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 some belief systems just being so perfectly accepted and others being viewed, you know, oh, you know, that you know, that's just fringe or whatever. That's a judgment. And I don't need to accept that, but I would like to raise consciousness in the sense of, hey, we deserve respect, too, as an actual belief system that works. Not only that, many of our beliefs flow into others. I had a great guest on last time talking about meditation. And, you know, meditation or contemplative reflection, that exists within many belief systems. Many years ago, I went to Lutheran school, and I only went for a little while, but I will tell you, and I wasn't a Lutheran, and I wasn't raised in that tradition. But the Lutherans, we had to go to chapel every week, and they had these beautiful, it was somewhat, I guess, kind of like what it would be to be Catholic, which I never have been, although there, there's some history of that in my family. It's not something I experienced. Um, there was a beauty in repeating certain things, and... Um, there was something to that, something I personally had not experienced in my own evangelical path, which was not, it didn't include as part of the service um, repetition of certain things um, or even musical accompaniments to that, or but mostly just the repetition. And, you know, there's something to that because it gets us to a certain state of mind a certain state of heart and depending on what you're reflecting upon it can also help you to focus on that and certainly 
Um, anyone who saw Eat, Pray, Love, for example, even if you don't know anything about the traditions that Elizabeth Gilbert was exploring, she talks about the repetition every morning when she was in the ashram. Um, and it's much like that. These things can be shared among belief systems, and they create meditative states. They create higher states of consciousness. They create a consciousness where we are more connected to that omnipresent God, creator, universe, multiverse, spirit, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, And so we're really closer than we realize. Many of us are having miraculous experiences. We deserve to own that. It's really important that we not allow the rationalist view to totally dominate our society. Um, The guest that we were going to have on today wrote a really interesting book, and we had a time zone, um, just just an issue that occasionally comes up where um, just a time zone mismatch. And hopefully we'll be able to get him on in the future. But even if we can't, um, I will say that he reflects on some of this in some beautiful ways in his book. This is Frank Joseph, his book, Our Dolphin Ancestors, and really got me to thinking about some things. And in, in his case, you know, he really does a beautiful exploration of, you know, what are dolphins actually like, that we have this connection to them and that they're they're intelligent and telepathic and the empathy between human beings and dolphins and even these um, miraculous connections. And I'm not going to get too deeply into this, but um, I feel that one of the things all such research conveys, all such research conveys is really the courage to get outside the box and observe, observe what is actually going on. Not allow someone to impose a particular reality. And one of the things that he reflects upon is something that I have reflected on more than once, including on this show and sometimes when I go on other shows, like um, when I'm on, on some network shows where I've appeared at times, I have said technology is not necessarily a reflection of higher intelligence. It is a reflection of a kind of intelligence, of a kind of civilization. But there could be other forms of what to us may seem much simpler, yet much more advanced. I continue to believe, and I believe that this makes sense, that because there is evidence that the fabric of our reality is far richer than we realize, is far richer than the rationalistic models, to the point that it would be, um, you know, disconcerting and even frightening to observe. And yet we need to be observing these things, and we need to be looking at history of these things. And the thing is, is we may find, and something Frank Joseph says in his book that I found really interesting, is essentially 
mankind has kind of repeated the same mistake over and over again, um, developing these civilizations that really don't work for us. We end up getting dominated by greed, and that leads us in our case right now to this material technology, um, and that isn't necessarily the right path. The right path is compassion for one another. The right path is not greed, but empathy and ultimately telepathy, and there is em- there is evidence of telepathy. I heard somewhere, I'm not sure where this came from, I heard somewhere that Facebook was actually studying telepathy, and I thought, wow, now that would be cool, because you really could do it. I've certainly seen examples where in conversations I've had on Facebook, you know, we've either predicted certain things, or there there could really be evidence of some higher things reflected in Facebook itself, or really anything people are writing on the internet, or I mean that that to me would be a really cool use of technology if we could use it to in spending all our time figuring out what ads to throw up on somebody's screen, um, which is a um, intrusive greed-based thing and often not even accurate. Um, why not look at something more worthwhile? and see if you can start to observe um, the miraculous fabric of reality. Because maybe we'll discover that what we think of as miraculous is reality, with a capital R, a far grander reality than we ever could imagine. And that's what so many of us have had an experience of. Why am I so brave, having been... You know, I've been through a lot in my life where I have had to uh, encounter judgment and misunderstanding about my spiritual path. I have a math degree. I was, I've been a computer scientist. I think these things are also compatible. I have known many very religious computer scientists. I've known, you know, very um, people who were Mormon bishops or people who actually, you know, one executive where I used to work, he left and he went to become an evangelical missionary. This is okay. And I'm okay on my path. I can do many things if I choose. Of course you can be a math major or a scientist or whatever you choose and still be spiritual. These two things are not incompatible, and we need to get over that. You know, being the rationalistic view doesn't have to be the, you know, the only view that makes sense. In our schools, we really should be exploring more things. That doesn't mean we should be exploring just one belief system, that's for sure, but we should surely be starting to open up to what is the actual basis of reality because materialism has held far too much sway. We went far too much the the, the other direction in responding to the kind of persecution that used to occur out of religion, and that still occurs in our world today. But there can be persecution coming from the other side. I mean, rationalistic views that um, really don't even want to entertain looking outside the box, those views 
can be very judgmental and very closed to exploring actual reality. I have a book that I I look at sometimes. It's it's like a thousand and one scientific facts. It's just because I want to remind myself of some stuff. I'm trying to continue to learn and to grow and to challenge myself. And so I it's an easy way for me to just just look at a, a little part of that book and remind myself, oh, yes, you know, this notion of physics or chemistry of biology or some things I never knew. And one day I opened it up to something about out-of-body experiences. And in this book it said these have been proven false. They don't actually happen. They're just dreams. These people don't actually have any kind of out-of-body experience. Well, you know what? Tell that to the people How do you explain the observations of those having near-death experiences who get outside their bodies and can actually tell you what happened in the room, in the next room, things they couldn't possibly know that they've observed? Just tell me how you explain that. And there is no explanation. But see, that kind of an event threatens the paradigm. It threatens the status quo. It is somewhat frightening to entertain that there's a higher reality just because this world is so challenging. In fact, um, if I could refer to Bart Ehrman's blog, and I may try to find it. A family member sent it to me, so I don't have the actual link. But I may actually put a little link out on the show page just because, and I haven't even read the whole thing, just an excerpt. But something he he talks about and he is an agnostic he he is not overtly spiritual right now um in terms of his his believing in god you know he reflects often about whether god is good he would like to believe that if there is a god it's good many people have rejected the notion of god because of the reality of the world or they've come up with other things such as satan or demons, or all kinds of dark explanations for what happens. And to me, those things just disempower the love of God. I hold our Creator to a higher ideal. I do. And I'm not afraid to say it. It is a high ideal of conscience. It is a high ideal of what could really exist in this domain, you know, I cannot really entertain the existence of a traditional Satan. I can't. Because to me, that is contrary to God being omnipresent love, which is everywhere. For me, that doesn't work. I cannot see it as being consistent with any love-based reality. Can I conceive of a reality where beings have some choice and are learning and growing and because they have choice on this planet some rather dark things occur can i begin to conceive of that yes can i struggle with it daily daily and as a believer in our co-creative power how we as souls help to design this experience i can even say and have said at times hey maybe we need to have a committee meeting because we might have made it a little bit too extreme here on this planet. I'm perfectly willing to entertain that. Do I question? Do I have the right to question the omnipresent, whatever that is? Do I have the right to question God? You better believe we do. 
because we're a part of it. But on the other hand, whenever I go down that path, I say, well, can I trust? What about this notion of trust? Can I trust? Yes, but only to a point. Could I trust in a God that creates hell for eternity? No, that would not be God. I could not accept that notion of God as God. That, to me, is a Roman emperor. That, to me, is an authoritarian figure that you need to please simply because the consequence of not pleasing that authoritarian figure is so dire that you just, you know, sacrifice your freedom. Sacrifice your conscience, because that's what it must have been like in places like ancient Rome. That, to me, is not even, um, that to me would be a deranged being. I mean, I have to be honest. And I feel I have a right to say this. I mean, it just, that's my personal belief. Um, and I i do feel that more and more of us are waking up so that we can see that, that these things, they're not consistent with conscience. And unfortunately, anything that leads to the demonization of one another, which is certainly happening in our world, Anything that leads to, oh, you know, that person or those people or that group of people, they're either demon-possessed or they're under the sway of Satan or whatever, that just dehumanizes them. That does not help us. And we need to really think about what does our conscience really say? What does love say? Love is accepting. And what does it say about the nature of God for such supernatural deception, which is what it's often portrayed as, to exist? How does that weaken God? I'm not willing to accept that. I hold God to a very high ideal. That ideal is love. And you know what? We should all be holding God to that ideal because many of us who have been taught about God have been told that God is love. And I was told that from the very beginning. And things that were inconsistent with that always troubled me from the very beginning. So authenticity. We can believe many things. And when I question another belief system, which obviously I have through my own path, through my own observation, I'm not taking away the authenticity of somebody else. I totally love and honor those who believe things, but I'm also saddened. And perhaps it goes the other way, too. If you were to believe in a supernaturally deceptive Satan, and consider me under its influence because I believe in love so very much, then perhaps you would be saddened by me. Or if you really believed that I was going to hell, 
that would make you sad. Well, I don't think we have anything to worry about because God is omnipresent love. And the more that we come to know this, the more that we can truly move forward as a human race. And that's what I believe. And so when I reflect upon, you know, what's going on in the universe, if I really do go to the UFO Fest, which when I do, um, I typically will go on a national radio program at night, which is um, local here in Portland and also on Premier Radio Network, although I don't know if I'll be on the national segment or not. We'll see. We'll see what happens in a couple weeks. But whenever I do, I talk about this. This is what I talk about is um, rather than fearing, why can't we focus on just how many loving, evolved, truly evolved, not technologically evolved, but truly um, emotionally evolved, spiritually evolved, empathically evolved, telepathically evolved civilizations must be out there. Could there be darker civilizations? Many of those would likely be technological, unfortunately. I would have to say that those are not necessarily the most advanced. Um, you know, the, the most advanced civilization we may find out there could be living in a forest with no technology or might not even have any physical form at all. Who knows what could be out there? And that's the beauty of it. And, you know, you better believe we should be thinking about it. You know, what do I, can there be darker things that happen? Of course, there are on this earth, so I'm sure there probably are there, and it probably falls under the same thing that we tend to ask, as we tend to ask why, and we tend to, um, we need to come up with some kind of an, expl an explanation that is consistent with our conscience and with our view of the multiverse. And for me, it has to ultimately be consistent with love. Because if it's not, well then, then you do become an agnostic, I suppose, or an atheist, because then God really doesn't exist. And we know that we know those of us who have observed that there's more to reality than meets the eye. Wow. This show has gone by really fast. <laughs> there is just a minute left. And um, I will be, those of you who are listening live, um, the link to this show will change. So look at FrontierBeyondFear.com to find it because um, our guest, unfortunately, wasn't able to be here due to a time zone mix-up, and that happens on occasion. Um, and um, we will um, relabel this show. So it will have a totally different title and, um, you know, we will look forward to the shows coming up. Check the schedule at FrontierBeyondFear.com. If you support this show, um, I welcome all means of support. Um, just go to FrontierBeyondFear.com to see how you can materialistically support the show, but I also welcome energetic support, your prayers, everything, any way that you choose to support this show, I welcome. So... And also become a follower of the show. I always forget to tell people that. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, get 
a Blog Talk Radio login and follow the show. Then you'll get email updates of when it goes out. So anyway, thank you for being here. I'll be back Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific. Courtney Walsh is coming on to talk about Dear Human. It's going to be a real authentic, honest conversation. Looking forward to that completely. And take care, everyone. See you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.